This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. I'm opening with a cliche, Claire, but gee, it was a big week of news. <laughs> it sure was, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. And look, uh, of course, the biggest story, the earthquake, um, it just really was huge. So we'll be talking about that. Yeah, well, then we'll scoop up all of the other things that ordinarily would have been big, big, big news stories, mm. but people might have missed them. And foreshadowing some tough times ahead for Philip Lowe, he, of course, is the Governor of the Reserve Bank of Australia. Uh, and then, of course, Squiz recommends. And thank you for doing our survey, everyone. We'll cover off that and present some of the feedback we were given, which <laughs> we enjoyed specifically. Let's do this. Claire, the most clicked link out of the Squiz Today email this week was Ben Affleck at the Grammys. And if you missed this one, he was there with his wife, who of course is J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez. Uh, and whenever the camera panned to him, particularly, he just looked so bleak. He looked so miserable. I mean, that's kind of Ben Affleck's vibe. Yeah. It's kind of his thing. It's yeah. what he does. He just looks sad all yeah. the time. But this was kind of next level sad. I really enjoyed the line in the Squiz Today email, which said, as many have noted, one of life's great chores is going to your partner's work functions. <laughs> and you can spot a partner at those work functions a mile oh, off. Yeah. I've um, been one of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're not in on the in jokes. Yeah. Uh, they have a million other things that they'd rather be doing, like clipping their toenails. But this one really... <laughs> resonated this week because, of course, on top of all of that, Affleck has a real reputation to just being a grump. And a grump he is. Moving on to the biggest news story of the week, Claire, that was the earthquakes, as you said, in Syria and Turkey. Yeah, just devastating. Uh, as it stands, more than 20,000 people have died there. They expect that death toll to continue to rise. Mm. Uh, while the full extent of the damage is unknown still, there's at least 5,600 collapsed apartments, hotels, other tall buildings uh, in dozens of cities across both sides of that border. And to give you a bit of context, the entire Sydney area has about 1,100 tall buildings of about 10 floors or higher. Yeah, that when I saw that written to our notes here, I just went, whoa. Mm. It's really hard to comprehend. Another reason um, that this is all very hard to comprehend is that there are terrible conditions in this part of the world anyway, pre-earthquake. Mm. We've had a little glimpse of that across the coverage this week, especially focusing on Syria and the political realities of that region. So Syria is in the midst of a civil war and it's been going on for more than 12 years. Um, some areas in that north are under the control of the government, under dictator Bashar al-Assad. And then there's some rebel-held areas um, that are up in that north. So it's a bit complicated. That northern part is where this disaster has struck. Without going into the ins and outs, I mean, that's a whole episode in itself. What this means is when it comes to provide aid to the people who live there, it's really tough. And that's because of what's been happening in Syria already prior to this earthquake. Yeah, exactly right. So people living in that northern area are already living without food. Uh, there are poor medical services. Um, you might also remember it was about two or three years ago that Islamic State was being 
driven out of that area. The Assad government was bombing hospitals in cities like Aleppo, so really grim. Um, so you can understand why bodies like the World Health Organization say that there's the threat of a secondary disaster once the rescue and recovery job is done. And what they're talking about there is, of course, starvation, disease. Um, it all leads to an obvious question, of course, what can we do? That's where everyone's sort of head goes mm. in uh, in situations like this. That's really tricky too because mm. that part of the world is difficult for aid organisations to get in and help. Yeah, in Turkey it's a bit easier because they have a government that's widely recognised. Syria, mm. though, it's very hard. Uh, the advice, though, is to stick with internationally known organisations. So if you're thinking about donating, they're the ones to go to. So Oxfam... Care Australia, the Red Cross, those mm. ones are all good. There's quite a few. There's an article the ABC actually ran this week online um, about donating. If it's something you're thinking of doing, as you say, you can do it in an informed way. And we'll pop a link to that in your episode notes. Claire, onto the news stories we've been talking about this week. There's a lot of them. Last week, our news wrap was called Stuff the Government is Doing. That was a bit of a hit, actually. We got a fair bit of feedback on that. <laughs> Maybe we should think about a sort of permanent segment of Stuff, Stuff the, the Government, government is, is Doing. doing. Well, we kind of do. Kind of do. <laughs> kind of do. This week, we're calling it Things That Should Have Been the Biggest Story <laughs> of the Week. There's quite a menu. Yeah, there really is. So, uh, of course, when it comes to news, any one of these, I reckon, would have been the biggest story of the week mm. in any other week. But here we go. We started the week with the balloon, for yeah. example. <laughs> the balloon feels like an age ago, but that was only Monday morning. Uh, mm. The US, of course, shot that balloon out of the sky. It was Chinese navigated. Yep. It had lots of resonance over the week about what that was all about. Um, ballooning experts everywhere <laughs> had quite a moment. This is a really serious story, but I just couldn't help but think that I'd never thought about the fact that there, of course, are ballooning experts and they their phones would have been running hot. It really tickled you. That it really tickled <laughs> you. Week. And then I started reading a bit more and actually I read a lot about what the ballooning experts have been saying. <laughs> um, as you said, what we know is the balloon is Chinese. Yep. Um, it's used for spying. According to US officials, they've confirmed that later in the week. Of course, that's been denied by China. China says but, no. Yep. You know, here, here, here we, we are. Yep. Um, <laughs> the actual logistics of this balloon, though, is um, quite interesting, I think. Anyone else playing along at home? Three facts. <laughs> <laughs> Can we put you in the ballooning expert category it's so after this one? interesting. Okay, well, tell me, Claire, how big do you think that balloon was? Uh, I remember reading the number and thinking it was about the size of an Olympic pool. It's 60 metres. Yeah. Yeah. There so you go. it's big. Big. The other thing about it is that I found quite interesting is they fly between 24 and 37 kilometres in the air. So when you're flying in the mm. air, you're at about 12 kilometres. So they're super, super, super high Which up. must be the edge of space. It's... Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Do we Let's, need to know that? Oh, well. We'll if anyone anyone who knows anything about the edge of space is probably a lot further than that. It's up in the atmosphere. They're really high up. Yeah, yeah. Final fact yeah. is that they're actually one of our oldest forms of surveillance technology. So they were used during World War II by the Japanese, also by the US and the Soviet Union during the Cold War. I think World War One too. Possibly. I'm just throwing out all sorts of stuff off the top of my head. Are but we yeah, done? I think that was about, about really early days in I war. I thought you anyway. were going to wrap me up on the balloon chat, but here we are. No, we're done with balloons now. The next... Next big news story contender this week was trade talks with China. Our trade minister, Don Farrell, met with his counterpart this week. Bit of a China theme running through the news. Trade folk from each country haven't met since 2019, Claire, so that was something in and of itself. This is another technical term, trade folk. Yeah, trade folk. <laughs> 
by that you mean Don Farrell, our trade minister, yeah. also his counterpart from China. Yeah. Um, those talks really significant because, of course, really it's been years now that we've been talking about Australian exporters being disadvantaged mm. when it comes to China markets. Uh, there was a case even before the World Trade Organisation about China uh, illegally stopping Australian trade. So a really big thorn in the side of the Australia-China relationship. And, of course, China, uh, it looks like, going to start letting us back in. So we're talking about wine, we're talking about barley, Mm. timber, lobsters have been a big feature of this week. So a huge step for Australians who rely on that trade. Don Farrell, Claire, also says he's heading to China very Mm. soon to continue those talks. So a bit more to come on that one, of course. The other thing that happened this week was Joe Biden's State Mm. of the Union address. Have to admit, I was more into reading about the Grammys than the State of the Union address, sorry, but I suspect you might be the opposite. Yeah, and balloons and China trade you're into. So, look, I can forgive you for skipping over the State of the Union. But you didn't. I did not. I watched it. Uh, It was really interesting. Um, It was kind of Joe Biden's version of America first. Mm -hmm. Of course, that was a really big Trump kind of platform in terms of his pitch to Americans. Uh, One of the interesting things I thought out of it is that there's a lot of spending happening in infrastructure, government-backed spending. Uh, One of the initiatives that Biden has put in place is that all the construction materials used in those projects need to be made in the United States, Mm -hmm. which I can't imagine doing that here in Australia. Surely we have to import a lot of concrete to make anything. So that was really interesting. Um, There's an election in the air, definitely. Joe Biden looked very comfortable, Mm. I thought. He played the crowd. Uh, He struck a tone between wanting to work closely with his opposition members, the Republicans, and also picking some fights. Of course, you're either on Biden's side or you're not, so Mm. the commentary fell into that line, but it was a really really interesting speech to watch. He made a few jokes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He did look comfortable. Notably, uh, a new Speaker of the House behind him during this address, Kevin McCarthy, a Republican, of course, as they regained control of the House in those midterms late last year. So put the name Kevin McCarthy on your radar if it's not already. Finally, Claire, the response in Alice Springs continued. We covered that in Squeeze Shortcuts this week. Yeah. But also, put your reading glasses on. We have two 2,000-word essays to read. (laughs) Don't have to write them. And you don't even have to read them, but they're coming your way. So the Albanese government confirming this week that as part of the lead-up to the referendum on that Indigenous voice to parliament, uh, there will be two bits coming your way. Uh, One's an essay written by MPs who support that proposition, another one from those who don't. So Mm. that's going to be in your mailbox. Of course, we haven't forgotten the other the big news this week. It was the first Tuesday of the month. There was a rates decision. Yep. We're going to talk about that though in the next segment, what's coming up. So Tuesday, the Reserve Bank board met. What the top line coming out of that was that rates are up to 3.35%. That's the highest that they've been since September 2012. And if you can believe it, it was May last year that interest rates Mm, started rising. It kind of feels like we've been talking about it forever. Um, Just to explain why rates are going up, I reckon that bit gets a bit lost in this discussion. I reckon I got this. Okay, do it. Okay, so it's all about bringing inflation down. Yep. The theory is if interest rates go up, we spend and invest less, that brings prices down. Those in the know say we got to bring prices down because if they gallop away, our standard of living falls because our wages won't increase enough to keep up. Yeah, 
How to go. Nailed it. Great. And look, it's worth pointing all of that out because it's a deliberate policy by our central bank. Um, There are some MPs, though, who are starting to get a bit vocal questioning that strategy of those interest rate hikes. And they're not from the opposition parties who you might suspect of political point scoring against the government. Mm. They're actually Labor MPs. And there was a small group that took aim at the Reserve Bank Governor, Philip Lowe, this week. Uh, What they said is that his seven-year term shouldn't be extended because they reckon he stuffed things up. So there's a couple of things here and this is why it's in what's coming up because Mm. this is one of those stories that's going to be talked about more and more and more. The early criticism of Lowe was he said a while back that rates wouldn't go up until 2024. Plenty of home buyers went out and got mortgages based on that statement. Now there's criticism that the policy of raising interest rates won't bring inflation down. Some say that's an outdated way of going about things. Yeah. One example of that is that rents are soaring. Yeah. And there's plenty of other hot spots in the economy where prices are going up like energy. So there's lots of question marks about exactly whether interest rate rises will be as effective as they have been in the past. And there's a couple of other things happening as well. Uh, in the next few weeks could be Early in March, Mm. uh, Treasurer Jim Chalmers is getting a report from a review into the Reserve Bank. That's a really big deal. It's rarely done. Uh, And tied up in that is the question about whether Lowe will be reappointed. Um, The governor gets an initial seven-year term and then a three-year extension if things are going well, but that might not be on the cards for Lowe. It's such an important job, obviously, the head of the Reserve Bank of Australia, important for our economy. Good one to know about. Yeah. Before we get into Squeeze Recommends, other things coming up this week. It's the start of the Women's T20 World Cup in South Africa. You talked about that on the Squeeze Today podcast this week. Indeed. The Super Bowl on Monday. Don't know who's playing, but I know Rihanna's performing. (laughs) There's a couple of Aussies on the field for Philadelphia. So very, very interesting to watch that. We'll talk about that in Squeeze Today on Monday morning. Philadelphia v... Oh, some other, uh, Kansas City. Some other team. Yeah, Kansas City. (laughs) Kansas City. (laughs) Tuesday is Valentine's Day, so mark that in your diaries if that's important to you. I don't know if my husband and I will be doing much. Tucker never buys me anything, so we'll just move past that. Uh, Wednesday, uh, we've had this one in the diary for a little while. Uh, Speculation is that former US Ambassador to the UN, South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, might announce her 2024 presidential run for the Republicans, so stand by for that. Thursday, I'll I'll let you do this one, Claire. I know you like data. (laughs) Employment data from the ABS. (laughs) Love an ABS data drop. So yeah, an important one in that big economic discussion. Um, Friday, Kate, interesting for us because where our office is in Sydney is on Oxford Street. Mm. Uh, World Pride kicks off. It's a really big event. Yeah, it's World Pride month at the moment and we're going to cover that in Shortcuts next week as well. So a little preview on that. What a week coming up. (laughs) On to recommendations. Claire, I'm in that phase of my life where none, very little, of my media consumption is truly my own. My music (laughs) playlists are full of the wiggles and nursery rhymes. My bookshelf is basically like wall-to-wall Dr. Zeus, Mr. Men, although I think they got cancelled, so I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. I think they got – anyway. Gender stereotypes. Um, I no longer watch the 6pm news because that's bluey time in my household. (laughs) And, look, having a three-year-old – 
must be delightful. <laughs> Louis just sounds terrific. Well, the thing is, I actually don't mind the 6pm replacement yeah. slot with Bluey because it's the best. And this month, Chili, yep. Bluey's mum, yep. was on the front cover of InStyle magazine and it is such a good read. <laughs> it's Highly so good it. to see that team getting all the recognition that they're due because it's just so lovely. Yeah, it's all about what would Chili do, of course, which yep. has become quite the internet sensation. And it's just about <laughs> why Bluey resonates and how big it is, not just here in Australia now, how yeah. big the show is. Yeah. And I liked what they said in the article that they're really hoping it's going to be a big deal at the Brisbane Olympics. Oh. So Bluey is here to oh. stay. Genius. Yeah, I know. The last of us though, Claire. Yeah. So you and I had a catch up with a mate this week and we were talking about all the streaming content and how to keep up with what's new and what's good. Uh, our mate had a really good theory. And it was. So HBO. <laughs> Don't quite, quite <laughs> remember. get it yet. So okay. HBO is the generator of all of this really blockbuster content. Uh, in the US, those shows drop on a Monday. Mm-hmm. So we get it basically on a Tuesday, those week drops yep. of these shows, White Lotus, Succession, all of those. Um, the Last of Us is the latest from that stable. So his view is just watch that show and that, chances that drops are, at that time. Yeah, that, in that that'll spot. be the good thing. That's the one. So in the spirit of that, I'm all in on The Last of Us. Uh, if you don't know about it, it was an act, well, it is an action mm. adventure game. It's been translated for the small screen. Uh, it's got Aussies and a Torv in it. She was in oh, the yeah. newsreader yep. at the ABC, also um, the Secret Canberra series. Uh, Murray Bartlett, of course, from White Lotus. From the first White a, Lotus. Yeah, yeah, superstar. Fantastic. Uh, my favourite from Parks and Rec, Nick Offerman. Okay. Hilarious. But it's the zombie vampire thing, right? Yeah, That's so it's about me. a fungus that takes us over. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not my normal lane, okay. which is kind of why I'm embracing it. Um, the Eps are long, which is also a bit out of my comfort what, zone. 45? No, no, like an hour 20. An hour 20. Yeah, they're, okay. they're long. But yep. look, I'm not binging it just once a week. Okay. I'm into it. It's going to be a big deal. And everyone's talking about it. It oh, is one of those ones. Yeah, reviews yeah. are through the roof. Go okay. for it. All right. Um, brand recommendations, just one to close this out. I stumbled upon a brand called Sade on the Iconic. I actually found a bag. I liked, bought yeah. it. Turns out it's from a brand called Sade. Um, I also have one of their grazing boards. Oh. They do all sorts of things. They do home. They do home wares. I love um, that you've got a grazing board. From, <laughs> is that not good? I just use it as my regular chopping board. You can't do that. Oh, no. I'll I'll open up a can of worms (laughs) here. Let's wrap it up. Anyway, Sade, the brand, fantastic, (laughs) beautiful, beautiful things, Turkish-inspired, based in Australia. Big tick from me. I'm sure their grazing board is lovely and you're just slaughtering it (laughs) by using it as a chopping board. I'm sorry, Sade, but (laughs) hey, I'll talk to her offline. Links to all of our recommendations are in your episode notes. On to Squeeze Press. Last week, Claire, we asked people to do a survey. Yeah. Boy, did people respond. Yeah, really, really great. 500 plus responses. Uh, And look, some really went in with a bit more time than what we were asking for and gave us some really in-depth responses, which was terrific. Yeah, 400 people left comments, which is amazing. So here are a few of our (laughs) favourites. I love it. Relaxed, informative, a little quirky, which is 
what kind we're going us, for. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what we're going for. Really happy about this. How about this one, Claire? I thought you might like this one. You haven't actually read these in <laughs> a lot haven't. of detail. Um, I like to read it if I have time, but anyone who whinges should just not bother reading it. I think you do a great job and I find it's interesting, so bar humbug to the knockers. <laughs> That's a bit defensive. <laughs> I thought that was really good. Okay. <laughs> Put our flak jackets on. <laughs> this one I wanted to call out because um, we can't just say all the good comments. No. Um this person said, just remember there's a whole lot of Oz that's not Sydney and it's something we actually think about quite a lot, Claire. It is and I kind of get it because you know we're in Sydney and I've talked mm. about Sydney like using the comparison of the buildings so I totally get it. Yeah. We, we do try but, yeah, quite often it does come back to Sydney but we'll keep it in mind. We'll keep it in mind and, I mean, we both grew up um, outside of yeah. Sydney and in regional Australia so it is something we think about quite a lot but yeah. thank you for that feedback. My favourite, yes. Claire, it's almost perfect just a little tickle here and there and you'll be phenomenal. I'm quite ticklish, so I don't know <laughs> if I feel very comfortable about that. <laughs> Just a little tickle can be, yeah. That was an interesting one. <laughs> we'll finish with this one. Love it. Love the voices of the presenters. You are like well-fitting shoes. It's one of the stories, Kate, one day you and I will do a podcast on our podcasting adventures. Getting yeah. used to our own voices has been quite a journey for us. Yeah. It's a really weird thing to do. So I'm always quite... Yeah, bemused when people say they like our voices because it's like grading down a chalkboard for me. But yeah, anyway. agree, yeah. completely agree. But look, overwhelmingly, the feedback was really positive. Yeah, um, people love getting their news from us, and we love giving it to you. So oh, thank it's you. such a privilege. We love doing it. We really do, and I especially love podcasting with Kate. It's lovely to have this Saturday adventure with you as well. So yeah. thank you so much for coming along with us, and vice versa. Oh, how lovely! <laughs> <laughs> have a great weekend. We'll be back next week. <laughs>